Hello, and welcome back to the Former Female Athlete Podcast. I am your host, Allie Hartman, and today we are talking with Kendall Bracken and Caitlin Farmer. They are both former softball players at Brevard College. Kendall got her degree in business and is currently the payroll specialist at Brevard College, and Caitlin got her degree in history and is pursuing a teaching career. I am very excited for our conversation today and for y'all to hear all the good stuff that they have to talk about. We all three played together when COVID happened, and we're just going to talk about everything that we dealt with during COVID and everything that it left behind in the seasons after that. And I'm very excited for you guys to hear our conversation today. It It's a lot. So with that being said, let's get into the interview. How did you get into softball? Take me back. OG days. Circa 2005. Hit me. I started out playing softball. Um, I did Little League first. And then I jumped up to uh, coach pitch travel ball, as we all did. And I did that for about two years. And then travel ball just kind of took off and went into a whole nother world. And then I just, that's when I started getting into pitching because the transfer from coach pitch, then I just never stopped. So um, I would say I took travel ball with me into high school, played both, and then college softball. We love that. Okay, well, I started out playing t-ball. I was on a team called the Bees, and I played coach pitch in rec ball, and I didn't get started in a travel ball until I was around 12, where I was already taking pitching lessons, so I didn't get the whole, like, coach coach pitch travel ball experience. I started that when I was 12, and I was on a team that really stunk. Like, we got our butts handed to us all the time. And I really think it builds character uh, when you get your butt handed to you. So I built character and moral development at a very early age and then played travel ball, competitive travel ball, and then moved into high school. Um, not to flex on you guys, I won two state championships in high school <laughs> and um, was recruited to play in college. So it was one of my dreams to play college ball. And I got to do it at the lovely D3 level. Great. You just segued right into my next question. Yes. So how did you decide on Brevard? Both of you are pretty far. Kendall's from, tell them where you're from, Kendall. Um, I'm from Tampa, Florida. Charleston, South Carolina, North Charleston. We love that. So you're both pretty far from Brevard. So how did you find Brevard and what made you choose to go there over anywhere else? Um, For me, I started looking at the D2 level um, and I started looking for that were located in the Southeast. I knew I wanted to stay somewhere remotely close to Florida, somewhere I could drive home when I needed to um, or fly. Um, And so uh, I looked at a couple of D2 schools and it was... (sighs) kind of the energy just wasn't for me like it was a weird point between like everybody wanting to just go d1 but then they just went d2 or it was people who they didn't want to go d3 and they didn't want to go um nc what's uh ncia or whatever it's called NAIA. yeah (laughs) um and so for me it was like a middle ground And um, I found Brevard through um, NSR, which is a recruiting company. And I sent out a bunch of mass emails. And then um, our coach at the time, Coach Lau, uh, found me. And then I came out and I did a, a clinic with him. And then 
I love the school. I love the area. So Brevard it was. How I was recruited. I, well, at the time, my senior year of high school, I didn't have any offers, which um, was making me very anxious and didn't have like a direct path to go. And so I was still playing tournaments. We were playing like showcase tournaments for travel ball. Um, but we, in South Carolina and Walterboro, which was like an hour from my house in the middle of nowhere, they had these um, showcase tournaments where college coaches were, were your coach instead of your travel ball coach. So you got a lot of like firsthand experience from them and a lot of great exposure. And it was a game I did not play. <laughs> I pitched the game before, but coach Lau was the coach for the other team that we had played against. And he um, rounded up all of the uh, 2018 graduates at the time. He was like, Hey, I'm having this camp. If you guys want to join and me and two other girls on my travel ball team went just for the heck of it. And at that time, like I thought about going to Spartanburg Methodist and I thought about going to Montreat um, and even drove around the campus of Newberry, but I just wanted to get some kind of exposure. So I went to this camp. It was a commit camp. It wasn't all like chalked up to like D1 camps, but still had a great time. I didn't hear anything back from Coach Lau. So I just happened to send him a message to be nice and said like, hey, thanks for having me at your camp. And he was like, well, do you want to spawn on my team? And I was like, yeah, because it was the only offer I had. So it was the first and only offer, took it um, and played there for four years. Three and a half if you put COVID in there. Y'all just know how to segue because I want to talk about COVID. Okay, before we dive too deep into COVID, Kindle, I want to give you your little spotlight. Do you want to talk about why <laughs> you decided to step down and be a manager? Honestly, I think it's... Um... I think it's one of those things that like I mentally I thought I was mentally stronger than I was and um I think that's something that a lot of athletes come to terms with in college not just athletes but students in general I think your mental stability is tested tested a lot in college and for me I never really had a coaching situation where it wasn't all together or like I never was on a team or like decisions were made because of like so many favorites or just because of the dynamics. Like I just wasn't used to that. That wasn't the softball environment I grew up in. And so when I came to college and things were said and done that reflected that favoritism mentality it was hard for me to deal with no matter how hard I worked or how much time I put in. It was, it never seemed to be enough for that coach. And I think that that really got to me as a player. And that that's definitely a mental weakness. Like I should have been able to be mentally stronger to say just because it's not enough for him doesn't mean it's not enough. Right. Because I mean, as we know, we went through three or four coaches and I didn't give the program that opportunity. Um, so I based my decision, honestly, on the coach rather than the program, the team, and ultimately myself. For me, it, my biggest regret in life, like sitting here at 23 years old, I've, I've done a lot. I've accomplished a lot. But I also have regrets. And that's definitely at the top of my list because I can never go back in time, no matter how good or bad. So I think my decision ultimately came down to what's what's going to be best for me 
in the future. Keep in mind, this was like my thinking at the moment. And I thought that it was for me to get experience in that business manager role, wanting to go into um, athletic administration. So honestly, it was more of a personal, it had nothing to do with the team. It is what it is now. And I honestly wouldn't take it back because I have the life I have and I have the memories I have for a reason. I really think that was the thing for like majority of us. Cause when I think about it, we started with 12 girls when we came in in the fall and only four of us graduated through the program. Is that not insane? Yeah. 12 to four. Yeah. I mean, definitely not typical. I would say in a, yeah, especially softball setting, like softball, you get so close with your teammates And with the program, like you truly do grow as a player, you know, in your time there. But I also think like, just because of the coaching environment that we had and, and all the changes going on, it was hard to feel stable, especially as a freshman in college, like new environment, new people, new lifestyle, like all the changes at once just got to me. And I was like, I don't want that to be the rest of my time here at Bavard, so I'm going to change it now. Props to you. Go, Kendall. Round of applause. <laughs> Sophomore year. It's ramping up. Kendall's a great manager. Okay, April. Nope. March rolls around. We pack up our bags. We go to Dirty Myrtle. All right. We're on a seven-game win streak. The world falls apart. Everything collapsed. We, we can't play softball anymore. What? Do you remember from that moment? Like, do you remember what went through your head when they were like, you're done, we're done? I was really upset at the time, but I also kept in the back of my mind that I was only a sophomore. And even though I didn't know what was going to happen, I still had two years, like at least two years of regular eligibility. But I do remember sitting, like we were standing on the beach. um, And I remember that it was, it was Michaela McCoy had this, made this whole scene. Um, and it was, I forgot about that. And it it wasn't a bad scene, but we were all standing on the beach. And like, I remember being upset for her because she was a senior at the time. And this before we knew that we would have extra years of eligibility because of COVID, but it broke my heart to see someone so upset. And it realized, or it made me realize I was like, Hey, like I'm going to have the end of my career soon, but what if I'm not going to be able to play softball again because of whatever had just happened? We took it as like a play it by ear type deal we ended up going to top golf out of it and blowing the whole budget but <laughs> but i that and having a lot of empathy for one of my teammates who at the time she thought that was the end of her career and it was taken away from her i also remember that new york team that we played um and i remember something can't remember if it was like they found out in the middle of one of their games they had to stop or if I just remember hearing about them and being upset for them, too. Didn't we, like, watch them from our balcony do some kind of, like, senior ceremony by the pool? Yes. There was some team by the pool that did some kind of ceremony. Yes, and that was very... That memory just... That was upsetting to watch. You're right. Yeah. I think it's because they had, like, 10, like, 8 to 10 seniors. Like, they had a lot. Yeah, they had a lot And I remember walking through the hotel and just all these like girls in tears. And like, that was all the seniors from each team because I think COVID or not, you, you hit a certain point that like, that will be the last softball you ever pick up 
the last bat you ever swing, the last round of stretches you ever stretch with your team, the last time you put that jersey on. It all kind of like comes full circle, whether it's you've played for four years and that's your time, whether you played for a year. I think once you attach yourself with a team and a family and a lifestyle such as college softball, it's almost like an identity is ripped from you and you have to figure out your who you are aside from college softball. So I think it's it's so much emotion to go through and especially it wasn't because it was your last game, it was because of something so unknown like COVID and somebody just tells you you're done. Right. Yeah. Pack it up. Come home. Well, it's yeah. also important to think out they like didn't have the chance at that time to mentally prepare for their last game like right it was you're, so you're promised like a senior day you're promised this like ceremony for your time at your school and at that point we were in spring break so that was like the halfway through our season and I don't think any of those seniors or those girls had the time to mentally prepare like hey like I could be done and this is my last shot or, th- or this could be my last game and so I think that abrupt stop was very heartbreaking to witness as a sophomore also remember like the conversation with my parents like it was my my birthday was the day before and I oh yeah since we were always away on spring break for my birthday um I I had booked a trip home the following week and my mom called me and she's like, Hey, I just heard like they're sending everybody home, stopping everything. There's, you know, this thing called COVID, like all flights are grounded. Nothing is going in or out. And I was like, well, I'm at the softball tournament right right now and nothing's canceled. It hadn't even gotten to us. And I was sitting there on the phone trying to figure out how to cancel my Allegiant flight and like figure out how I was going to get home. And then literally the next day, we're all playing that game and in the middle of the game they're like done so it's just it's just crazy it's one of those things that like only the people in that time playing softball at that moment in a college sport whether it's college softball or not understand the feeling of what the hell like what's gonna happen yeah do y'all remember how like how weird it was to return to campus and that van ride home. We took like three different vans, but the van ride home back to Brevard yeah. felt really one like you were like returning back to reality. Um, with like the unknown of what to do next. I remember the campus being really empty because like people had already like left. Oh, okay, let me like repack my bags to go home. Um, because we had already had well, that was our spring break. And they promised like an extra week. So I was like, okay, I'm just going home for an extra week. And then we get the email of like, no, you need to come get all your stuff because (laughs) like, we're not going to have classes for the rest of the We thought it was going to be two weeks. And then it was like, "Mm, just kidding the rest of the year. Because I remember being at home and I remember telling my sister like, hey, like, let me like come get like the majority of my stuff just in case. And I remember going up there and moving all my stuff out. And then later they set like a date for everyone to come move their stuff out. But I remember going up that weekend to move my room out and it felt really weird and empty and sad. And I was like, it wasn't only like softball was interrupted, but like my whole like college experience. So after that year wrapped up, we finished online, no more softball. When we went back in the fall, 
I know we had a little coach debacle. Our coach quit literally in August. Um, we were coachless for a while. On the COVID side of things, how did y'all personally think that season was affected? Like, obviously, the majority of, or the big things, like, we had to have tickets to our games. Nobody could come to away games, which sucked. My senior day, Caitlin had to walk me around the bases instead of my parents, which I'm very grateful for. But like, there was a lot of stuff like that. But if you can remember, because I know it's hard to remember it being two years ago. And Caitlin, you had a whole nother season after that. But how do y'all think that that season was affected by COVID? I think that for me, it was, it was honestly really hard to watch. I think you guys go through it and like brainstorming um, with Miranda Nash, our athletic director, and the the coaches coming in and out um, from, like, a manager perspective, it was really hard to bring back that college, um, that college athlete experience, I would say. Um, I mean, even from, like, workouts um, to practices, to games, like, everything was so different, all the COVID testing, moving into pods in our housing, like we were just all surrounded with each other all the time. The only thing we could do is go outside and practice our sport. There was availability. Workouts were limited. I'd say that. I mean, I think it took a toll on a lot of different body types. Um, And I think it took a toll on people mentally. The unknown, knowing what they've lost experience-wise, honestly just isn't it isn't the same once you've had it it's and then it's taken away from you you know it's not the same but I I also think that everybody did their best to try and make it what it was and that's honestly all you could do well in the in the fall there was no sports that were playing but that was typically like our preseason the 21 innings round robin that we we would usually do we didn't have that at all and then we went to spring now since we were since we were outside, it's a little bit easier for us rather than like basketball or volleyball or sports that were inside because we can only play teams in our conference and that we had to get tested before each game that we played. And we had to bank on the possibility that none of the girls on the other team had COVID or if like something happened. And if since we were in those pods, which were which was really fun, actually, to be all together, I think it was fun. It, it, got, it got a little exhausting after a while. But it was very fun to be together. But there was always that, like, risk and being nervous that someone on your team had COVID or if you had COVID because we would all have to quarantine together. And um, it would detriment a game that we had coming up or parts of our schedule. Like when our um, athletic trainer had COVID and we all were set in a quarantine just for being in the dugout with her. It was upsetting because I had to be cooped up in my room for a while. And we had to wear these like little like mask things, even on the field, even though nobody really did it anyways. But it was like these little like gators, little gators made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at Brevard, like classes wise, for being like a college student wise, our freshman year was like the only normal year that we had, like the normal college experience of like going out, um, having fun, having normal birthdays. But when it came to the end of the middle of that sophomore Yes, the middle of that sophomore year into yeah. the fall of our junior year, 
um, my 21st birthday had came around and I couldn't go out and do the typical college 21 year old kid thing. Um, because there was risk of, if you went out, you could get sick, you could detriment like, um, or get COVID and get your teammates COVID. So it made it a lot more serious and nobody wanted to get COVID because the whole like protocol thing the NCAA had was rough. Y'all remember that Halloween when we came back, they had people like guarding the exits of campus to make sure that nobody was going to parties and being in large groups. I just, I just remember that, but they were serious. Which I know that college, like you're supposed to go to class, be a student athlete, but like our freshman year, we had fun and did like mixed in between the normal college kid stuff. Yeah. And we had a really good time, but it was yeah. sad and having this extra weight on your shoulders. Uh, but it really, um, it, to make light out of all of it, it really like shined a light on how we all came together as a team, whether we hated it or not, or liked it, didn't like it, that we had to do the better thing and look out for each other. Cause if one of us got COVID, we all went down. I feel like there was a lot of drama at that time, but we definitely got a lot closer. We were forced to when we lived together, but good things came out. Well, it, it. was like, it turned from who done it to who got it type situation. So. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I forgot about our athletic trainer getting it and all of us having, like we couldn't even go to class. We had to quarantine from class just because of her. I forgot about that too. And even, even like going home, and having to do Zoom for the first time, um, like this was before that fall. I just remember like I didn't know any better. So I told like my professors that I was gonna work anyways and missed all of my lectures, which now like I'm glad Zoom is like if you have to use Zoom, it's much better. But like professors didn't know like what was going on, we didn't know. But I remember missing a lot of like stuff that I that I could have used in class because I decided to work. And that was really scary too. But Got through that too. Before I ask my last question, Caitlin, would you do everybody the honor of explaining to us your sauce theory? Yes, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so I have to give half credit to a girl I played travel ball with for the sauce theory, but to give a little little back, quick backstory into the, what it is now, we were playing a tournament. I was really struggling. Um, the team that we were playing was really rude, really mean, and they were like, hollering at me making chance and it made me nervous and the girl on my team and like we were great friends her dad was one of our coaches she was like farmer she was like like it's sunday take the sauce to the cookout and i was like what do you mean like on the field and she was like what sauce are you bring in the cookout ketchup mustard blah 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 and it stuck with me and i thought it was really funny so when i went to college i kind of <laughs> started making jokes and had to explain to everyone what it is and it basically ballooned in this whole thing um, to where before each game day, I would ask everybody what kind of sauce they were. What kind of sauce are we bringing to the cookout? What, what kind of sauce are we bringing to games? Um, and there was a secret selection of sauce that I like to be. But it got all the way up to the point to where the softball team still uses the sauce theory today. It's not to um, <laughs> not to toot my own horn here, but I think it's really funny. And it was a great like little pre-game day type game day thing and it made me feel better as a pitcher because if I was throwing the hot sauce you got y'all better watch out no joke every single game she would ask and now I coach I coach high school and I help out with the 12U travel ball team and I have brought the sauce to the future generations of softball the sauce will never die it'll always live if each of you could say and Caitlin is notorious for harassing all freshmen that come into any program but if each of you could say one thing to a 
18 year old baby newbie freshman August 15th they just stepped onto campus they're an athlete doesn't matter what sport they have no idea anything about collegiate sports they're terrified what would What's the one thing you would tell them? Oh, gosh. I think um, the one thing I would tell them is work hard. Don't pay attention to what other people are doing. Don't compare yourself. Work on your skill, your life, your mindset, and that will take you as far as you need to go. I love that. First, I reassure them that I was once in their shoes. Y'all all thought I ha- I was anxious because I cried literally the first two weeks of college because it was such a big... Caitlin was so homesick, crying, rolling around in the grass. <laughs> I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> I just want to reiterate the story before you go on that. The first yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear the story the first. first time Caitlin and I ever hung out, I needed to go to Target. It was like the first maybe second week of school. And keep in mind, the only time I had met this girl, seen this girl, talked to this girl was like our first softball meeting. I saw her on like sore day or like check-in day very briefly. And um, then I saw her, you know, at the softball thing and it was whatever. I'm like, oh, she's one of my teammates. Like, awesome. Then I saw her (laughs) walking outside Like, on the phone, she looked very stressed. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to Target. Do you want to ride out with me? Um, Like, do you need anything? She's like, you know, I could really just go for a drive, I think. I I just really need some time. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And so we get in the car, and we're probably, like, in the car for about five minutes. And... I'm like trying to figure out what type of music she likes. Like she's just kind of sitting there. And then all of a sudden we're like talking about where we're from. And then the second she mentions Charleston, South Carolina, she gets like sobby and sad. And I'm like, are you okay? What's going on? And she's like, I just really miss home. I miss my mom. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I miss my mom too. I miss home too, but it will be okay. Like I had no idea what to do with this girl crying in my front seat. The rest is history. I've been in your shoes, but probably worse than yours (laughs) because I was crying everywhere. My advice to someone playing a sport is you, you are here for a reason. You have this dream and you are fulfilling it. So don't give up. Um, and don't be hard on yourself and just push through. I told myself when I went to Brevard that I was going to at least do two years because that was the time where I was being really emotional and homesick. I thought I wasn't going to make it out two weeks, but I gave myself the promise of two years. You got this, keep pushing. And I ended up playing all four and well, without using COVID eligibility, but it's to keep pushing, pursue your dreams. Cause it'll all it'll all be worth it in the very end. And that I wish I could still be on the field every single day. Push through it. You got it. It'll be all worth it in the end. And you'll have a lot of fun and meet the best people you'll ever meet in your life. Some of your lifelong best friends. Wait, Allie, what about you? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I feel like I would tell them things that I didn't do that I wish I would have like to work more. Like I know we did a lot of two a days and a lot of bullpens at 6am and we 
did a lot of three mile runs, but I really wish I would have taken advantage of the free time that I did have to be in the cages and hitting on my own and doing more individuals and reaching out to whatever coach we had that year. And I feel like I would just tell anybody to really literally give it 110% because I feel like I can say that all day long, but I, I know I didn't cause I know I could have gave more. And now that I'm done, I regret it so much. And I just, I don't know. I wish I would have done more. So if I could tell somebody, I would literally tell them to always give it 110%. And that's so cliche, but literally any free time you have be in the gym or be in the cages or go pitch in the ox gym or text your coach that you want some ground balls or literally anything you can to get better because once it's over, it's really over and you're going to have a huge identity crisis and you're going to regret every single Sunday afternoon you laid in bed instead of getting ground balls. So uh, my advice would be to get extra ground balls, period. Amen. I also think though that like, I don't know everyone's team culture or like the culture of sports at their school, but our freshman year, there was this weird culture that, like, if you went out and did extra reps, like, you were trying too hard, like, you, and maybe, I mean, this is just how I felt, like, you were trying too hard, like, coach would, you were a suck yeah, up, you were a suck up, like, coach would never see it, like, it didn't matter how many reps you did, seniors or upperclassmen always played above you, um, and I think that, that was a stigma that I especially let get to me. I did what I need. Yeah, I, I mean, I did what I need to do, and I think that I did it well. But I also think, like you said, I could have done more. And I think for me, I didn't do more because I felt like I was being judged. And looking back as an adult now, like out of college athletics, who, who cares? cares what you do on your free time? Who cares if you put in more effort and more practice to perf- to perfect your game? Like, who cares? And I think that that was a really big stigma when at least I was playing. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Another thing I feel like, I think about this all the time, but, but like basketball, for example, it's so much easier to put on basketball, like go in the locker room, put on basketball shoes and go shoot. You know, like for us, it's so hard, especially our field being like half a mile away, like put on a whole softball outfit, go all the way to the locker room, get our bag, walk half a mile down there, open the fence, go outside, get, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it took so much more than it does for other sports and not every sport, obviously, but, and not saying that it's so much, I'm not, I just mean like to get an extra work, it's easier to go in the gym and shoot. Rather than like getting someone to hit you ground balls or getting someone to pitch to you or, you know what I mean? Like going to the cages is sometimes a two-man job. Did you mention the identity crisis? I want to talk about it right now because I'm seriously going through it right now. I had to take an extra semester because student teaching and all that jazz, that's all. That's Brevard's type deal, which is fine. But that extra semester where I wasn't playing softball because I was only there for the fall, so there was no... Like, unless I wanted to take an extra year, I would have had to pull an extra minor and stuff like that. And I couldn't afford it. So I stayed for that extra semester, did my student teaching. I lived in the same pod as some of, like, like Beth and Serena and Gabby and Sarah, who were still playing. Um, 
and it was a real shift in mentality of like, oh, like I have to be a big girl now. Oh, like I am basically working a full-time job for free because of student teaching and stuff like that. And especially when I came home, I moved all the way back home for the time being. And I was like, oh, it was like when I went to school that my life had been put on pause. So when I came back home, I felt like I was still in high school. It was weird. I'm a substitute for the time being. And I volunteered to take a sub job at my old high school. And it literally that morning felt like I was going to school. 16 years old again, driving like in my car to go to school. And I was like, oh, no, I'm an adult. Like I am teaching a class. I'm not in the class. I'm very anxious and nervous to be put out in what I call the big girl world of like moving out and like paying rent. Kendall, you know all this because you did it. I haven't done it yet, but I'm still in the process of finishing my stuff, but I'm terrified. But I have now had to transition this like passion and this love for softball that I used to be as an athlete and as a player into teaching and being a coach, which is also very weird. It's hard for me not to get really emotional when I'm coaching and I'm not saying like I'm screaming mm -hmm. and crying at these kids, but watching some of these kids play, like I would do anything to put, to be in their shoes. It's cool to see the game from a different side. But anyways, I feel like a kid. <laughs> I feel like a 16 year old kid. Yeah. I struggled so much with coaching because obviously it was a middle schooler and going from like college level down to middle school, like obviously it is not the same competition, but I'm getting so frustrated at them. And I'm like, Allie, they're 12. Yeah. You're 22. Like then, like, of course they're not going to be at the same level as you, but like, I got so mad so easily and was like, like, why are you missing ground balls? But I'm like, they're 12. They're literally 12 and this is middle school balls. So that was hard for me. But same thing, like you said, like, I had to switch my passion and my love for softball into something else. But unfortunately, that's not teaching. And like, I was really hoping, like, I really tried to just throw my entire self into my job and was like, I'll just like, I lost my validation in softball. So I'm like, I'm going to get my validation in my job. Yeah. And now I don't like my job. So Ooh. I feel like I'm having a double identity The crisis. teaching world's a whole different podcast and how that's going. That's falling apart. It is. <laughs> agree with both of you I went through a major identity crisis from honestly while you guys were playing and I had like the time to reflect yeah um I think like there were times where you guys were down at practice and I'm sitting there faced with like that was my old life that's where I should be and then my the life I created for myself and I had to fill that with something so I started working out a lot um, and then honestly, after college, I, I agree with that. I was so caught up with one being a player, then having my role on the team, supporting everybody and doing different things. And then when I moved away to Nashville, it was me, myself and I in the silence and the job I thought I always wanted just came down on me and I literally came to terms with it. And I was like, this isn't for me. I, I've made this big transition. I moved all the way to Nashville by myself, got this job by myself, and I hated my life. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know how to meet people because the way I used to meet people was being on a team with them or after being on a team with them, I already knew them. And so I was like, I'm not on a team anymore. I don't know how to just go up to somebody and like, say, Hey, like people think that's weird now. So like, I had no idea what to do. Um, and even today, like working back at 
Brevard College, the school where it all happened, giving tours in the buildings where everything good and bad happened just gets to me. And I truly do think like your 20s is your identity crisis. I think it's like the time to have five different jobs and date whoever you want, kiss whoever you want, be whoever you want, spend your money, save your money, but just honestly figure out what works for you. I'll tell you what, Kendall, and I know it was it was heartbreaking to not see you on the field with us as being a teammate, but I want to give you props that you have been incredibly supportive. I just I was just recently looking at a picture that we took together on my senior day and just having that support from you and that love from you and being on two different sides of the field. So I just want to tell you that you're awesome. And that. I love you guys. I knew I had a choice. I could either sit in the room and like feel sorry about it and like kind of, I knew I would like get this resentment towards you guys because it was now a lifestyle I wasn't a part of, or I could be a part of it in in the best way possible and the only way I knew how to do that was support you guys and like live vicariously through you guys and that was I just had to be like your biggest hype man because if it wasn't me on the field I wanted it to be you guys so there was only one option in my eyes Ruby (laughs) oh and Allie you too I was like the last one standing um and your support because you I know and that makes me so sad. Yeah. Now that you're so weird. <laughs> what? Like that like my senior year was really weird because like Kenny's Oh, I can, I can like, imagine. But your support as well. You guys you guys ugh, whatever I'm trying to say. Yours are awesome. But like Kendall was still at Brevard. Kat was still at Brevard. Summer had transferred, and then you graduated early, and I was like, our whole friend group, and especially being still a part of the softball team, I struggled the first, like, part of it, because I was like, where are my friends? (laughs) Yeah, that was like the first time you played without any of us. That's... Yeah. That's a lot. I still had Serena and Beth. Beth, but it, like, it wasn't... But we started as a nice, solid group of five, and it all dwindled down to you. I still, like, I still missed and yearned for that, like, freshman year of softball, even though it was very crazy yeah. and, like, all new and scary. That was probably the best year. Sit in the pants. Agreed. I agree. I... <laughs> yeah, we might have sat the bench, but it was it was lit. <laughs> I agree. I think there will never be a greater memory of us in the dugouts, us on the field when it did come our time all together, and our parents there smiling through it all, or with a beer in their hand in the outfield. <laughs> Honestly, like we all were very blessed to come from parents that unconditionally supported us no matter where we were at in our careers. I mean, I think like seeing everything and like being a part of it was just memory and a life that you can only hope for. Can I get two claps to the Ric Flair? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I really hope y'all got something out of that conversation. That was Kendall Bracken and Caitlin Farmer, both former softball players at Brevard College. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at former female athlete. And if you can, rate, review, follow us on whatever platform you're listening on right now. I would really appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.